Welcome to my Japanese Green Tea Podcast, the Green Tea Show with a Japanese Twist. And now your host, Ricardo Caicedo. Hello Japanese Green Tea lovers and welcome to episode 18. I'll be talking with Elise Peterson of TLIT today and it's going to be a really fun interview. Hi Elise, thank you for joining the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me on today. Can you tell us a little about yourself? Yeah, my name is Elise Peterson, and I am the founder and CEO of TLET. I've been doing that since May of 2012. Prior to that, I was an intern on a tea farm in Kyoto, Japan, uh, called uh, Kyoto Obugu Tea Plantations. Uh, I'm sure you're very familiar of them. I was actually their first intern, international intern they ever brought in and kind of uh, set up the internship program, which now has housed uh, more than 20 people from all over the world uh, teaching people about Japanese tea and about um, tea business and about marketing um, and just trying to revitalize uh, youth and energy back into the tea industry there in Japan. Um, and prior to that, I was uh, doing an MBA at the University of Hawaii. It was a Japanese-focused MBA. So as part of the program, I had to do an internship in Japan. So that's how I was led there. Uh, before that, uh, I was a food scientist. I worked in various sectors of the food industry, um, including the tea industry. I worked for a very famous Japanese tea company called Itoen, um, and I did quality assurance for them for a couple of years at their Hawaii facility where they, uh, they can the ready-to-drink tea. Um, that was my first introduction to tea. It was one of my first jobs as a food scientist where I could sleep comfortably every night just because... I felt like tea was a very healthy product, and no matter, no matter how much we sold of it, uh, we were just helping people be healthier. So uh, I knew that I wanted to be involved in tea more often, um, and my life has kind of led me on this path to learn more about tea um, directly to its source um, and, and learn about the history and the politics and the, the livelihoods um, of the people uh, working in that area. Um, and finding ways to give them access, direct access to the market um, so that we can build a more sustainable future for the, the tea industry as a whole. What, what led you to start a tea company? Well, that was just my experience in Japan. I was doing my internship. It was for a business degree. So uh, I was involved with a lot of the business, uh, the economics, the marketing. Um, <clears throat> I, I head up the, the English translations for the, the, the website marketing I'm trying to give access to more international markets, uh, which now the the internship program there at Obubu um, is still uh, responsible for those activities. So it's really great they have that resource. Uh, but when I was doing that work, uh, I was also helping start up something called the International Tea Farms Alliance, uh, which was a network of small tea growers around the world, not just in Japan. Um, the organization itself is housed in Japan. Um, it is uh, sponsored or it was started by uh, Matsumoto-san of, of Obubu. Um, and my responsibility there was just kind of um, doing the first activities for this organization. And that, that was a tea festival hosted in the small village where Obubu is operating called Wazuka. It's uh, very close to Uji. Uh, and it's there in, in, in Kyoto. And we ended up bringing in uh, farmers from other countries. So India, Sri Lanka, Korea, Taiwan, um, Indonesia. And uh, I met up with all the growers there. 
and just learned how everybody's kind of facing some similar issues of doing marketing and that there's um, a problem in the supply chain, um, the middlemen, the series of middlemen of getting high quality product directly into the market. Um, and so when I was leaving that internship, you know, there really wasn't going to be a lot of um, resources available to that nonprofit, the Inter International Tea Farms Alliance. Um, and so it was uh, suggested to me by Matsumoto-san uh, that when I returned to America, if I wanted to continue to carry out the vision of that nonprofit, that I would need to start my own business. And so uh, my first weekend back, I uh, went to a startup weekend, which is a technology startup kind of like hackathon. Uh, you build a business over the weekend and pitch it. And um, since that event just kind of like went down this rabbit hole of technology and uh, venture capital and building a really large business, um, much larger than what I originally anticipated it to be. Um, and now, you know, we started out as a retail product only. Um, we were just providing the education, um, the videos and uh, stories about each origin of tea, every grower of tea that we uh, have in our network and then uh, distributing the tea through a subscription box. So every other month, providing four new samples and telling the story of each one of those teas and educating the consumer and building a bridge to the, to the farmer. But what's happened over the two years since we started is that um, wholesale buyers have started contacting us, wanting access to our network of growers. Um, and uh, we've opened up that network, but we've also found that you know, there's some logistical stuff that we need to help with as well. So um, taking large bulk orders, aggregating them in one distribution spot, and then um, divvying up all of that tea among more small buyers um, and just making that process more efficient um, and trying to find every technology application to also do that. So, you know, we do work with a cryptocurrency, something called Bitcoin. It's a digital currency um, and we just use it as a tool for moving money, and we're able to reduce fees. Credit card fees can be 3%. PayPal international fees can be 10%. Um, by using the cryptocurrency, we can reduce those fees to about 1%. And so that savings is something that can go back to the grower, directly to the grower, or we can be transparent to the buyer and let them save that money since you know they're, they're using those tools. Um, we're just trying to bring more transparency um, and just a, a platform where everybody in the industry can um, transact with each other and do business. Okay, sounds great. When, when you sell tea from a, a supplier, do you buy the tea first or, or do you just make a commission out of what he sends somewhere? Yeah, we do both. We have uh, both systems in place. Um, it just depends on the, the conditions of the grower. You know, we, we work with growers from... Uh, eight different countries and you know, everybody has different needs. Some growers need the money up front. And so in that case, uh, the commission that we take or essentially what it is, is a discount. The discount that we get because we're putting the money up front and taking on the risk um, is higher than the commission that we get if we do a consignment sale for the grower. And so there are many growers that uh, they're just sitting on inventory, you know, and so we pay the shipping up front. So even, even if we do a consignment sale for them, we do pay for the shipping up front to get the tea to us. 
Um, and then we sample the tea out. We, we find the right buyers for it. We find the right price for it, too. Um, and, and then, you know, most of the, 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 the profit goes back to the grower in the, in the case of consignment, it's a 20% cut that we take and we're very transparent on that. Um, and so that's full service fees for, for the grower. That's the, uh, promotion and the marketing as well as the logistics. So, um, you know, we have temperature controlled, humidity controlled warehousing, um, and, you know, we, we try to take very good care of the grower's tea. We work really closely with the grower on their quality to give them feedback on how uh, the lot of tea was received by us and um, what is some feedback that they can do on future lots um, to bring out better quality characteristics of the tea. Um, and for, you know, m- many of the growers are very appreciative of that feedback. Um, and, you know, even if they do consignment with us, we make it very low risk for them. Um, you know, we make uh, very uh, conservative projections on on what we can sell and you know as of last year we we have paid back for for all of the consignment sales that we have um now this is a new year we uh we did travel over the spring to visit with everyone and um some of the growers are doing consignment with us and so we're still you know uh trying to find homes for for the tea um and and then some of the growers we paid up front for the tea so it just it just depends on on the conditions of each grower and um you're just trying to scale that to many more around the world. Let's say a, a customer lives in the U.S. When he makes the order, how long does it take for him to get the tea? It depends. I mean, there, there's some orders that get to people within two days. And then there's some, like, if the order comes in on a Friday, you know, maybe it, it won't ship out till a Monday. And then it, it if it gets held back the latest, it'll get to them on the Friday. So it's anywhere from two to to five business days. It's it's It's, it's very quick. Yeah, all the tea is in California. That was something we learned. Like, I'll kind of tell you the progression of the business, uh, how we we learned as we went along. At first, we dropped ships from the farm. The tea was shipped from the farm. You you gave me an order, and then, you know, I gave the order to the farmer, and they shipped it direct from the farm to the customer. It was very nice because the tea was super fresh. Uh, But the, the problem was that, you know, you're getting many packages from all over the world. It could take up to two months to receive a package if it gets stuck in customs. So we realize that it's really important that we have the tea here, you know, and, and also that we package the tea and, and uh, put English packaging on it because, you know, some of the growers, they're still packing their stuff in Japanese um, language on it. And so, um, you know, we started repacking the tea and redistributing it from a warehouse in California. And um, everything is streamlined. We have a um, organic certified co-packer we just send them our orders, and they've been trained on quality assurance, um, you know, how to handle the tea. You know, we get some really delicate teas sometimes, and we have to give them special instructions on on how to take care of the tea because, you know, even 20% breakage on that leaf could result in a loss of $2,000 in revenue. So, you know, we have to be very careful with how the teas are handled. So, you know, that's kind of fortunate. I have my background in that. You know, that used to be my work was was doing quality control and food safety compliance for the food industry. So, you know, that was a big part of our our, um, selection process of finding that warehouse, Um, was visiting there and um, seeing if they had the proper uh, facilities and resources for doing quality assurance for the tea that we're working with because it tends to be a higher quality product. You know, the smaller shipments, the smaller lots, you know, they're hand-processed or they're made from a very, very limited 
um, yielding a patch in the tea garden of special variety of trees or whatever it is that makes that tea special. Um, and uh, so we have to, to, to be sure to take very good care of the tea. Um, what happens when, when there is like limited edition tea? Do you, do you make like a bid system? Yeah, so it just depends. And, and a lot of times we work really closely with the grower to decide on what needs to happen with the tea sometimes. For instance, we have a um, we have a, a cake of pressed Shang Pu'er style tea that was processed in South India. Um, a very small quantity of this tea was made, only about, you know, a, a being of, of uh, five cakes were made. And um, one of them was given to us. You know, we, we could have found some way to sell that. But instead, what we're doing is we're sampling it out to the right people and getting their feedback on it. Um, in other cases, you know, we have auction software that we've built and, and we can run auctions. So if we have a really exclusive lot of tea that, you know, we just want to get all the right buyers together to decide what the price needs to be, then we can run it on auction. Uh, but we, what we find with most of the tea and most of the buyers that we work with is that people or tea shops, which is mostly who we work with, tea shops and tea suppliers, um, they need like a consistent type of product and a consistent type of quality. Um, and then most importantly, a, a consistent price. And so most of our tea is sold through a catalog where typically every season the prices aren't changing too much. Um, and, you know, lot to lot, the, you know, the delicacies and the nuances of each lot may be different, but the overall quality of the product, um, you know, will be will be similar. So, you know, we have the standards. We have a hojicha and again, maicha and, uh, and different grades of senchas. Um, you know, uh, Assam black tea, like Orthodox black tea. And, um, you know, we try to keep some staples, but every now and then, especially with the new growers that we work with, growers that are trying to grow tea in new regions and, and the region doesn't have its style of tea or its terroir described, um, what they do is they'll experiment with new processing styles and they'll just make experimental batches and they'll give those to us. And then we just sample them out a lot of times we'll host a Google Hangout with the tasters and have the grower there in the Hangout um, listening to the feedback as the tasters are tasting the tea. Uh, we work with Tony Gabley and Jason Walker, who um, you know, I, we've become very good friends with over, over the time of building this company. Um, you know, we send regularly, we send them samples and we do tastings together um, to get their feedback. And it's really useful because they've just tasted so many different styles of teas and so many different samples. Um, and a lot of times what we bring to them is very innovative and new, but it still has, you know, like if you're looking at the science of how something is processed, there's still like desirable characteristics of why you're doing that process. You know, those are the characteristics you're trying to bring out in the tea. And so when you're cupping a tea um, and you're trying to evaluate the processing style of it, um, you know, there is ways that you can pull from experience um, to give um, constructive feedback to the grower. And it, it really works. We see batch to batch, the quality is just getting better and better, and the price is going higher and higher. So, you know, that's kind of the, the thesis that we're trying to test with our, our business model is that um, if, if a grower gets help with quality, um, we can help them get better prices. And then what that ends up doing is developing their economies. Um, and, th and that's our whole goal. Like my 
my whole personal ambition with this is to um, make a positive impact and change in um, rural areas around the world. And this is not just in developing countries, but this is in developed countries. This is in places like, like Japan and, and China, where um, being a farmer is not a really good life. And uh, I think that needs <laughs> to change. Like, it really needs to change. So, you know, we're a social enterprise. We're trying to empower the agriculture sector, make it attractive for young people to want to like leave the computers in the city and go take over their family's land and um, make good quality tea and make a good life for themselves. So the idea is to have more small tea farms instead of bigger ones? Yes. Yeah. And okay. you know, sometimes it's necessary to have big infrastructure. And so we're not against that as well. Like we do work with some cooperatives. We do work with some larger organizations Uh, but we are very um, picky on the level of transparency that we demand from them. So we, we give every grower we work with the same questions. And if they have an inability to answer those questions or when we go visit them, they don't want to talk about those questions. We usually take that as a red flag that it's not um, they're not a fit for what we're trying to promote, what we're trying to bring to the market. I mean, we're essentially trying to make a brand that is as strong as like fair trade brand, where if you see our brand associated somehow with that product, you know that it's been, it's, um, it's an honest product um, and no certification needed. You know, it's just, um, it's, you know, it's going to be honest business that went behind that product. That's, that's all we're trying to do. So it tends to be small farms, families, um, less than 10 acres. Uh, we do work with some farms that are, you know, a couple hundred acres. They usually aren't making the really high quality, um, really exclusive teas that we're, uh, we're promoting usually. But, you know, there, there are some large buyers that may be looking for a certain price point for a bag, a tea that's going to go into tea bags. And we want to be able to give them the same accessibility to direct sourcing and, and creating a, um, a direct relationship there uh, for those teas. Um, so, and, and they're typically cooperatives and, you know, family, like multifamily owned businesses where they, they grow and process the tea together in a large organization. Okay. At this point, most of, of Tillet's um, revenue comes from wholesale? Um, no, actually, we're kind of going over this tipping point right now where it's going in that direction. Up until now, it's been um, 70 to 90% retail Uh, but now just, I think last month was their first month that wholesale actually surpassed retail. And what I expect is that that is going to trickle over more 80% wholesale, 20% retail. And eventually, um, you know, some people may be sad, but um, we want to dissolve the retail altogether. All And our vision is that we'll have such a network of wholesale clients that are sourcing their teeth through our network that we can actually promote them on our website. So rather than people buying the tea through us, you know, we can promote the businesses that we know are carrying those teas, you know, because there's no reason that I need to build a retail brand. Um, that's not my intention. That's not why I started this company. Um, I started this company to, to build a network for these growers. So, um, you know, I, I learned very early on that um, if you're doing retail, you need to really focus on retail. And, and we made the decision to, to focus more on being supply chain, supply chain platform. Let's say some of our listeners, maybe they want to start up a, a tea store, or maybe already, they already have one. 
Um, what, what's, what's the advantage of buying through Tealit? Well, the, the advantage is, is that you get the full transparency. You get the full story of where the tea is coming from, um, all the way down to if you want to visit the grower. Um, we give full connection uh, to, to the grower. We will even help arrange um, for your travel to go visit. Um, we, of course, won't provide funding for that, but um, we do encourage our buyers to go make real life face-to-face connections with the growers. Of course, um, you know, buyers can go direct to the growers and try to do business directly with them. But most, many of the growers, I, I don't know if I can say most now, but many of the growers um, don't have exclusive contracts with us, but they have chosen that they would rather just work with us rather than dealing directly with buyers. Because, you know, if you just want to buy five kilos from a grower, that is actually very taxing on them to prepare that order and to ship it out. Some of the growers we work with are hours away from the closest post office. So um, they would rather just go there once a month to deliver the box of tea to us and let us handle all of the fulfillment. So the advantage is that you're you're getting replicated that same experience of buying the product directly from the producer. Um, we're just kind of like the eBay or the Amazon that you're utilizing to pay the grower um, to give your shipping information and be ensured that the product is already in the United States. It's already been imported. All of those issues have been taken care of. And, you know, we do distribute tea all over the world. Um, you know, we're entering new markets all the time and learning about them. And also expanding our network, too, because we realized that, you know, for some of the larger markets, it would probably be wise to have inventory there. So scaling our same business model and collaborating with partners in other countries is something we're looking to do in order to scale that. Um, and and get good quality tea um, in markets everywhere. I know that there's a struggle in South America right now um, to to get good quality tea imported and have it regularly there uh, by wholesalers. So you know that's something that we're looking into, and it's a learning process every day, learning what all of the re- regulatory issues are, um, and then you know size of the market and where the market is going. Um, but I think there's a lot of um, growth opportunity. Um, and I think that the growth is going to go in the same direction that wine or coffee went in where you have like the, the mass retailers like the Starbucks that, that provide their value to the market. But then you also have like specialty, uh, retailers that provide more quality. They provide story of where the product is coming from. And then as a, as, as a result of that, they provide social justice to buying good quality wine, buying good quality coffee, is better than buying fair trade coffee because, you know, you, you know that the the premium that you're paying for the quality is going to more skilled growers, um, which tend to be more socially responsible environments. So, yeah, it's a really exciting time for tea. I thought it was only for the U.S., but it from the from your California warehouse, you ship to all over yeah, the world. Yeah, we can ship all over the world. And we're learning, you know, there's some, there's some countries that we've had some limitations. And so... You know, we're learning as we go. Um, you know, if you if you're located in another country and you want to know if you can order through our system, just go ahead and give us an email at info at tealet.com. That's I-N-F-O at T-E-A-L-E-T dot com. And uh, you'll you'll uh, that email will get to our entire team. Our team is just three people. It's me and my brother and my tea sister, Ree. And uh, we'll uh, happily answer your email and find out if there's an opportunity uh, for us to collaborate or partner or um, to get some good quality tea uh, direct from the farm via 
California or possibly if you have the farm, you know, that's that's something that we're looking into is possibly doing drop shipping for international orders. Um, if if there's not some importing limitations for that country, you know, it's different for every country. Yeah. For my country in particular, it's a pain in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, uh, you you get your teas from Japan. How is that? How's that work for you? Do you have a pretty high success rate of receiving your teas? When I get samples, yes. I, it, it's better if I a friend of mine receives them in the U.S. and then he sends it to Colombia. Okay. Because the other way around, I, I think it can't even be done so easily. There's a restriction for the... For some, I don't know. You, you can't receive teas from directly from Japan, from the EMS postage or something like that. It would have to be FedEx or something, which is more expensive. Yeah. So, um, but through the from the U.S., you're able, you're able to receive teas. Okay. Yeah, but those are samples. It's not like well, a, an import, okay. yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, so complicated. Every country is different. <laughs> and let's say um, I'm a small. A small store. Can you send small wholesale shipments or is there like a minimum? Um, so our minimum wholesale order is one pound. Um, and we did that on purpose because many of the teas that we have are very high end and some retailers uh, don't want to commit to buying a large amount. They want to just sample um, with their shop a, a smaller amount, one pound, two pounds. Uh, we do that. But, um, you know, we, we do have to qualify you as a, as a wholesale buyer before you're able to make that order. Um, so uh, if again, if you want to find out if you're a qualified wholesale buyer, please email info at tlet.com. That is the best way to find out, and we will get back to you and let you know. Okay. Um, do you have any future plans for Tlet? Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of future plans. I mean, ma- mainly, you know, take taking on tea and introducing more tea farmers, more tea origins, um, expanding our tea network, but in the big picture for TLET, what we envision is uh, finding a way to apply the technology in the kind of operation that we build for TLET to other commodity markets. So that could be cacao. You know, right now there's a there's a pain point for getting high quality cacao beans for the chocolate making industry that is coming up in the United States. And so the kind of the same concept of aggregating demand of small buyers for producers. It's a it's a big need, you know. So you know, cacao, coffee, spices, honey. Um, you know, eventually, my my personal vision of what I want to see with my work in life is inspiring the food industry, which is that's my peers, that's my background, um, to make more conscious decisions as businesses and not externalize costs and understand that corporate agriculture and GMOs or whatever you want to call it, chemical pesticides, whatever you want to call it. It's, um, you know, it's, it's possible to make more sustainable things um, and, and also make it, you know, fit into our current food system. And I think a big pain point is in the supply chain. So if I could provide some solution for the supply chain to be more transparent, um, it could help the industry as a whole. You know, businesses like Whole Foods and, um, you know, that businesses are vendors that are in Whole Foods, you know, they're looking for that type of opportunity. And I want to provide a solution for you know, for businesses to, to do more sustainable sourcing of their, their raw materials. Yeah, that'll be very yeah. interesting. It's a big dream. <laughs> um, uh, so c- could you tell um, the listeners, well, Tillet's webpage is www.tillet.com. Um, could you tell us the, the social media 
Yeah, so we are on Facebook. Just search T-Let. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at T-Let-T. That's two T's between the T-Let and the T. Um, We are also on Google Plus, uh, T-Let. I do a lot of work on the T subreddit, so I don't know if any of the listeners are on on that, but it's a good place that we go to interact. And um, We're on Vimeo and YouTube. We do a lot of video work. Please go watch our videos. You'll love them. They're very educational. They're very um, honest and, and genuine and you know, direct from the farm. We travel to the farm, and my brother is actually a filmmaker, and so that's our our specialty is 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 the media. And um, just a, a side note: the wholesale customers. Another benefit of working with us is that we give full license to all of our media if you're buying that grower's tea. So, you know, if 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 you want to have videos of the farm playing in your tea shop, or you want to have photos of the farm in your menus or in your marketing materials. Um, we, we offer that and we'll work on, on design um, so that our customers can better connect their customers with the growers. You know, that's the whole goal is creating that connection. Yeah, it's, it's very yeah. convenient. Okay, Lise, well, then um, the, that's the end of today's awesome. show. It's already past okay. half an hour. But it was uh, very interesting talking to you. And hopefully we can meet again for a, for a future interview. Yeah, any, any plans to come back to the U.S. again soon? Not that soon, but maybe next year. All right, cool. Well, let me know. All right. Okay, so thank you again and and have a nice day. Thank you. Aloha. Bye-bye. Goodbye. This is it for today. I hope you all like this podcast. And if you're listening on iTunes, you can see the show notes at www.myjapanesegreentea.com slash episode 18. Have a nice day. Thanks for listening to My Japanese Green Tea Podcast at www.myjapanesegreentea.com.